Well, I'm so glad you guys are here today. I hope you're excited about what God has for us. Uh, if you are new to Grace Church or you're watching online, I'm Aaron Olinsky. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace Church. And, and my wife, Nicole, and I, we lead together. We're a pastoral team, and we love what we do. We really enjoy it. And, and so if you are online, please understand you are part of us. Uh, we, we appreciate your willingness to, to watch on a screen, and we hope that you feel God's presence. And I just want to welcome you guys here in the auditorium because we're launching out on a new series. But I, wanna, I want you to try and guess what I'm talking about. So uh, today I'm going to focus on something that some of us have and some of us wish that we, we wish we had more of it. Some, it's something that some of us don't think we have enough of, but most of us, if we're honest, we really want more, but we're okay if we don't get more. Some of us are good with it, but others not so much. Uh, we use it every single day and we think about it every day. And so don't raise your hand, don't shout out loud because I don't want you to be wrong, that's embarrassing. But wh what is it? You know, when you think about it, what is it? And you have something in your head and so it's money. Uh, we're gonna focus uh, today and this next series on finances. And so we're gonna talk about dollars and cents because inflation is skyrocketing, food costs are going up, the housing market is increasing so much and people are facing a lot of financial pressure right now. And you might be in that category where you're just, oh, you know, you're struggling with some stuff. But I wanna say the reality that money is a touchy subject to talk about. So if you and I were to go out for coffee or grab lunch together and I sat down and I said, hey, tell me how much you made last year, you would be like, what? Like, are you kidding me? You're not supposed to ask that question. How dare you, you know? I'm like, it's okay, I won't tell anybody. You know, so, but we just, man, money is one of those subjects that it's very, very touchy. And, and so, but here's, here's our heart and our understanding is just because it, it may be difficult to talk about or hard to talk through, that does not mean that we just go silent. That doesn't mean that we just ignore it. I absolutely believe that the church should talk about finances and resources and, and take a look at scripture and what God, God says. And so I wanna give you this little disclaimer though. Grace Church is not in financial duress. Okay, Grace Church is doing fine financially. You guys are, are so supportive and generous and, and that's amazing. So this is not because we need you to give more money. That's not it at all. We believe that finances is God's opportunity for us to have stewardship. And we believe it's a discipleship thing where God calls us as disciples, as followers of Christ, to manage his stuff a particular way. And so it just, I feel like there's something for everyone in this message, in this series, regardless of where you're at with your finances, I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to speak and reveal things to you. So if y'all could do me a favor, let's go ahead and pray and then we'll get rolling in this message. So Lord God, we come before you and Father, we recognize that you are our provider. Lord, you are the source, you are the sole source for every single thing that we have. Everything that you put in our hands, everything that you allow us to experience is because of you. You are God of the universe. You are king over all and everything and, and this is your kingdom. Lord, and we are absolutely recognize that you're in control and so we wanna honor you and bless you. God, would you show us, would you speak to us through your Holy Spirit? what you have in your word that we can grab a hold of and how we can manage what you give to us. Lord, thank you so much for the generosity that you've poured out on us. Lord, we want to honor you and bless you and speak, Lord, through your word in Jesus' name, amen. So I believe that money consumes us. 
Do you recognize that? Oftentimes we think, well, we're using money as a consumer to purchase items, but I believe that money has the opportunity to consume us. So we've got to dive into scripture. We have to take a look at a biblical understanding of what it is and how we're to use it. And I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but God is very passionate about how we use his stuff because it's his stuff that he gives to us as a resource. So he wants us to manage it well for his kingdom and for his glory. And he is very passionate about it. In fact, if you're unaware, there are over 2,500 scriptures in the Bible that talk about money and resources and managing it well and how to handle it. And so just a little personal piece that you need to understand, I love to talk about it. Like I, I know some, some people are like, oh, you can't talk about money. It's a touchy thing. I'm like, heck no, I love it. I want to talk about it. I enjoy it. And it, it's not just because, you know, we, we want you to give more. It's because I believe this is part of my role, part of my responsibility as a pastor to pastor well. And so I just feel like there's more for us to learn. There's more for us to grow. There's more things and decisions for us to make. I mean, how many of you would say like, I want to make good, wise financial decisions? I mean, all of us. We all do, so we've got to go to the source of how we do that. So, but if we're not, if we're not living that way, I believe that money actually can rob from us. Have you ever thought about that? That money can rob us of joy. It can rob us of our eternity. When you read scripture, there are examples of that. And so I just, I believe that there's a better way, that there's a godly way for us to manage our money. And when we're willing, we can surrender everyone and everything to him, and he'll lead us. But it's really hard, isn't it? I mean, it is really challenging at times to follow God's mandate for scripture. And so we just, we've got to make biblical decisions with our finances, but it's tough. It's tough to apply those in our life. And so I, I wanna share just a little bit of an analogy of things that we know and have learned but are, are hard to change because I don't know what type of financial situation you're in. I don't know what you grew up with. Like, d- did your parents teach you about money or did they didn't, didn't they? And, and how do you handle it? How do you go about it? I don't know your process, but I know it's hard to change us in who we are. So one of the things that I do for fun is I coach baseball. Uh, I, I played baseball in college. So now I, I got promoted and now I coach little league. And so I, my youngest son is 12 And so I coach him at just the local Little League, and I love it. I really enjoy it. And so one of the things that I've recognized is it's hard to teach kids something that they've done and they've repeated it. So just as an example, if if the batter has the bat and he's standing there and and he swings like this, right? You don't even have to be a baseball player to know that's an uppercut. You're like, hey, buddy, we're not playing golf here. Like this is, this is baseball. And so we teach them just, you know, you need to swing a little bit more flat uh, to, and not just whoo, like this. And, and so I, I, like I've had, I've taught kids. I'm like, hey, this is what you need to do. And there's times when they look at me and they go, but coach, this is how I've always swung the bat. This is how I've always done it. And now it's hard for me to change it. And I believe the same is true regarding our mindset and our heart and our emotions and our decisions on how we use the resources. Because I believe that money is a resource. 
Do, do you understand? Money's simply a tool. It's a resource that God puts in our hands. And so I, I just feel like in, in our life, we have this goal and this desire that, that sometimes we just think we need more money. Like I've got to have more money. Well, if, if that happens, we end up greedy. We end up selfish. And, and if sometimes if we get what we want, then we feel empty inside truly. And so you might get rich. You really may, but if, if you go a certain path or you have certain ways that you go about that, you might just also end up sacrificing some of the more meaningful things in life that we have opportunities to have. Because society and culture, the, the, like they'll try and, and tell us that you can get rich. And often it's a, it's a message that we can get rich quick. And so I almost guarantee that maybe all of us have entered into some type of get rich quick, I'll call it a scheme. Uh, so, so there are multi-level marketing companies. Hey, you can be my down leg and you, know, you can you know, talk to all your friends and you can invite them over for dessert and coffee and then they don't like you after. And, and so that was way funnier than that laugh that you gave me. So, I mean, so you have multi-level marketing companies, the stock market, uh, crypto, like crypto is so in right now. It's such a big deal. And, and so just a little bit of our personal story. A few years ago, we, we sold a house that we lived in and we made a little bit of money. And so we used a portion of the proceeds for the down payment for the next home that we had. We put some in savings and then we put some in the stock market. You know, we just, we wanted to, to continue to develop our portfolio and have that grow some and and so, but something really interesting happened. Aaron got obsessed with the stock market. I don't know if you've gotten into stocks yet or not, but it is so addictive. Like, and so I just, I went a little bananas with it. I, I, was, I was talking about the stock market. I was tracking it. I was researching companies and reading stuff. I was watching videos. I mean, hours and hours of videos. I recorded my own video. So do not go to Aaron Olinsky YouTube channel and watch Stock Tips 101. Like I recorded my own, that's how ridiculous I had gotten. And some of you're going, oh, I want to see what he says. No, you don't. Like, I promise. And so with doing all that, I made money and say it with me, I lost money because many of us, we've been in that same scenario. In fact, this is where I do want you to participate just simply by raising your hand. How many of you would say that you made some poor financial decisions over the course of your life? Put your hand up high, and yeah, absolutely. So go ahead and put your hands down. How many of you would say that you've actually made some good decisions with finances? Yeah, just as many hands. We're all in the same boat. We've made some dumb decisions, and we're like, oh, this is terrible. We've made some good ones where we're going, yes, this was awesome. And so I believe that with the Lord's help, that he will give us wisdom and insight on how to move about this and make good biblical decisions. Because Nicole and I, we've desired this for our entire marriage. So we've made some good decisions over 20 years where we've paid off debts. Uh, we've paid down the mortgage on our home. Uh, we've always tithed. And, and that's probably one of the things we're most proud of, you know, regarding our finances. But when you look at money, money is what, what I consider a magnifier. So it's like a magnifying glass. Money will magnify every single thing in your life. So let me just share, where if you have anger in your life, if you become wealthy, you'll be, you'll be even more angry because you start to, to battle entitlement. And, and you'll get so frustrated and so upset, and, and so it'll be more anger in your life because finances are like, will fuel that fire. If you're greedy and selfish with just a little, then you get more 
you'll be even more greedy and more selfish. And that's proven, they've done research where the, the people that are more affluent actually are, are more stingy and they withhold the most. But if you, give, if you have an aspect where you experience generosity and you're willing to, to be giving and, and help others, they have this beautiful word called philanthropist. Like that's, that's what you are. And, 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 and around here, we call you a legacy giver and, and that's super important to us. And so what we do is money makes us become more of what we already are. So money can bring lots of happiness, but money can also bring a great level of sorrow, sometimes deep sorrow and regret. So if we don't surrender our finances and resources to the Lord, what we'll do is we'll put our faith in in the money instead of it being on God. And so I really, this is so important for us. And so if you are a Christ follower, then, then what, we, what we know about us is there's times we're gonna deviate from God's plan, right? So there, there's, a, there's a direction that God has for us. It's following Jesus. So when we do something wrong, the Lord wants to bring about correction and, and have us follow his plan. So I just, I wanna encourage you, there might be some things that you need to make an adjustment, you know, in your life or how, what you think and what you experience. And, and so I see this as an opportunity to grow you know, in your finances and resources through God's word. So I wanna give you some biblical strategies. I really do. And even if you are struggling right now in your finances, where you're going, oh, like, are you kidding me? We're talking about money. I don't have any money. Even if you're struggling with it, there are going to be things that it's gonna be like gold for you. I promise some wisdom from scripture that God has for you. If you apply these concepts and principles, it will set the trajectory for your financial future. Do you see that? The, the small decisions we make every day set our trajectory and our path. And so what, we're gonna talk about biblical dollars and cents. Like, and, and so we're gonna do that in a very practical way and through scripture. And so the first one that I have for you is to have and live on a written budget. So there's two words in there that are very, very different. One is to have and the other is to live. So we use a, an app called Mint. Uh, it's just an app that we have on, on our devices. It put, we have all of our accounts linked to it. We set up a budget. So we, but if we have Mint, but don't actually look at it, it's worthless. It means nothing. So my, my challenge to you is, do you have a resource like that? And do you actually live by it? Where are you making your spending decisions based on the budget that you have? Because to have that and live by it takes discipline, doesn't it? Well, to me, when I understand discipline, di discipline is the root word for discipleship. So then we recognize that discipline and spending becomes a discipleship thing, and it's absolutely connected to our passion for the Lord and following after him. In fact, Jesus was talking about being a disciple, and he pulled in a financial example. Look, it's in Luke 14, 28. He's talking about being a disciple. Hey, don't begin until you count the cost. Count the cost for being a disciple. For, for, who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone will laugh at you and post about you on social media, and they will say, there's a person who started that building and they couldn't afford to finish it. And so what I wanna share with you is these verses are the exact reason why we as Grace Church are doing a Building a Legacy Capital campaign these verses right here. So if you haven't heard the story of Grace Church, I'm gonna tell it to you just in a shortened version. So our church is 12 years old. We planted it and, and we started in a movie theater. We were a portable church for 11 and a half years. 
And then about five years ago, we bought the land that this building currently sits on. And then we began to meet with architects and engineers to design the, the building, the structure itself. But the original design was too expensive. So when we laid it all out, we're like, we want this and we want that. And if you've ever done that, like the list is really, I want all this. And, and they were going, that's gonna cost way too much. And so we recognized that. So we met as a board and we we're going, all right, what can we do? We met with some, some building people and we were going, all right, so let's, let's change the plans and let's scale it back a little bit. So what we did was with the advice and wisdom of others, we decided to keep the whole entire footprint of the building, but change the use of some of those classrooms, rooms, and the East Wing. I call it the East Wing. It's our future kids wing is what it'll be. And so if you've ever gone over there, right now there's a floor, there's walls, and there's ceiling. It, it looks like warehouse space. And so what we did is we pulled everything in the design out of there. And so there's nothing in there, no, 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 no mechanical, anything. And so what that did is that allowed us to be able to afford the building where we're at. And so it cut significant costs, and then we got into the building, right? We were able to do it, and, and now we're here now. And so now we've grown, which is wonderful. Like it, it is amazing to be part of a growing church that's reaching our community, and the Holy Spirit's moving. So now we're to the point where we can finish the build out. And so if you've ever done that, you know, you just, you, it, it, it's like, you know, just, it's a build out. It's much less expensive and, and very uh, possible. So here's a picture of some of the plans if you haven't seen these yet. Uh, so the East Wing has four classrooms, it has a multi-purpose room, a hallway, and then we're also gonna do a remodel over here off of one of the rooms off of the entry, and we're gonna do a cafe and a kitchen. And so we're just, we're really excited about that. So what we've done is we've given these legacy cards out over the last couple of weeks. This is the third week in a row. Um, and so our goal is $700,000. And that number comes straight from the general contractor. Was, we were like, how much is this gonna cost? This is what we're looking at doing. And they said, this is, you need to plan on $150 per square foot and you're looking at doing 4,700 square feet. So that's 705. Uh, so we just like, all right, let's go after 700K. And so the, the legacy giving is a 12 month program where we would ask that whether it's a one-time gift or weekly or monthly, whatever's up to you. But here's, what I, here's my pitch. I want you to pray. And I'm not just saying that. I genuinely, in my heart, as the leader of this church, I want you to pray and ask God how you can be involved. Because in scripture, it's very clear where it talks about our heart. And, and Jesus says that we're to store up treasures in heaven. And so what does that look like? What does it mean to store up a treasure in heaven? I know for me, when I look at that unfinished space and I say, okay, on Sunday morning, the, the 8,000 kids that are over here in our North Wing right now, that now turned into 16,000 because our church continues to grow, like all the kids that grow up in church and, and commit to follow Christ and get baptized, the new families that aren't connected in a church just yet, and they come and, and they experience what, what's going on, that's treasures in heaven. So to me, there is no better investment that you and I could have where we give to, to this to see what God might do. So we want you to pray. We would ask that you would make a pledge, submit it, and then begin giving, however that works for you and your finances. And if you have not seen that unfinished wing yet, I'm gonna give tours. I'll give you a tour today. After this service, I'm gonna be over there. Uh, we'll walk over there, I'll point out some stuff, and that way you can see. But we have an amount, we have a plan, and we have a budget. And so do you have that in your own in your business and in your personal finances. Because I don't know if you, if you know John Maxwell, but he's kind of known as the leadership guru. 
And so he says this about budgets. He says, having a budget is telling your money what to do instead of wondering where it went. And every single one of us, we've had a time in our life where we go, where did all the money go? And you don't know. And so a budget is that plan to, to have it take place so we can walk this out. Now, can I give you a, just a small tip like as your friend? So friend to friend, uh, here's a small tip. If you are, find yourself in a place where you're struggling right now or you don't feel like you have many resources, I wanna encourage you to find somebody that does. So you, a friend, family member, whoever it is, you find out somebody that is more affluent and you, and you, you take them out to lunch, you buy their lunch and, and you say, hey, tell me your story. Tell me how you got to the place that you are in right now. How did you get to a place of wealth? And you know what they're not gonna say? They're not gonna look at you and go, I don't know. They're not gonna tell you that. They're gonna say, well, you know, when I was young, I did this, and then I did this, and then I made this, and then that didn't work, and I had to sell that, and I took a loss, and then I did this step and this. And, and so they're going to share with you their heart and the strategy and the plan on how they did that. And I'll tell you what, that, like that, that will be an incredible lesson for you to have. So please do this, not have a plan and live it out. The second thing I wanna encourage you to do is to get out of debt. In Proverbs 22, seven, it says, just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. Other versions of scripture, instead of the word servant, they use the word slave or bond servant, where literally you have bonds, you, are, you have shackles on you because you're a slave to that institution that you borrowed money. And, and I, some people make plenty of money, but they have nothing to show for it. Why? Part of the reason just might be that because of debt, because you're making this money and you simply are giving this interest, this large amount of interest to the financial institution. Do you know that that institution is designed to take your money? You know that, right? They are designed, they're employed to say, hey, come to us, borrow some money or spend too much and we'll charge you this percentage and then you'll pay us even more than what you owe or than what you bought. And so that they're designed. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna pay off debt and then we're not gonna borrow anymore. Like we're gonna pay it off and, and get rid of it. And so one of the very practical examples is, is a vehicle. You know, a vehicle is a liability, it's not an asset. And so you, whatever car you have, you pay it off and then you continue to make those payments to yourself and then you buy a less expensive vehicle for that and you pay cash like you pay cash for it, then you don't have that debt anymore because the, the amount that you bought the vehicle for and then you take out a loan, it's not the amount that you paid. You know that, right? Have you ever looked at the amortization schedule? Like you're paying more than what you actually owe. And so you know what happens when you don't have debt and you have income? You have money. That's what happens. No debt plus income, fat cash. Like that's how it works. So you're gonna pay off your student loans. You're gonna tackle your consumer debt. If you have payday loans, you're gonna go after those and you target them aggressively and you, and you take the one with the highest interest rate and then after that one's done, you celebrate and you cut the card and then, and then you snowball. So snowballing is you take that same payment and you attack the next one and then you just continue and you don't add debt to it. And then you do something that's beautiful. You buy an asset and that creates passive income. So that's where we get to number three. 
uh, where, we, where we're gonna do some saving and some investing. In Proverbs 21, 20, it says, the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. So one of the things that um, Nicole and I do with our sons is we teach them about money. We do, we, we talk about money and resources, uh, we talk about passive income, we talk about assets versus liabilities, we just have those discussions. I had one with my 12 year old the other day and he's like, oh, you're killing me. And, and I get it, but I just, we wanna have those conversations, we wanna teach him what it is. And <laughs> funny, funny story, he, he has toys that we buy, he takes to school and he sells them for a profit, 100% profit, y'all, because he didn't buy them. He's so sneaky. So anyways, we talk about investments, expenses, budget. We talk about saving. We talk about compounding interest. So powerful when you understand just the, the strength that compounding interest has and does. But this other piece that we talk about uh, is not often mentioned, and it's the amount of money that you make when you work. Okay, so some of us are salary, some of us are hourly. Some of us own our companies, you know, bottom line, profit, commission. I get it, I totally get it. But there is a dollar amount that you make during certain times when you work. I'll give you an example. My middle son, Derek, uh, when he was 13 years old, he started his own company. 13, he started a pressure washing company. He's like, dad, I, you know, I, I wanna do some pressure washing. I was like, great, let's, let's do it. We already had a pressure washer, no problem. I, I'm the owner or whatever, uh, you know, I'm, I'm buying the gas. 13, what dad is not gonna do that? Him and I, uh, we, we got some little business cards, some little flyers. We walked around our neighborhood because in, in our neighborhood, everybody's gotta have their, their driveways and, and sidewalks pressure washed and, and looking nice and stuff because of the rules. And, and so we would go up to somebody's home 13, right? Can I pressure wash your driveway? Everybody, literally, you would see their heart melt out of their chest. Go, then they would grab him, like, I love you. Our kids, are, you know, our future has a chance, you know. And uh, no joke, we went to this one guy's house. He looked at Derek and he said, hey, my driveway's already clean, but here's $5 anyway. What? He did nothing. Absolutely nothing, just because he was a 13-year-old willing to do something. Now, with his pressure washing company, when he does jobs, he makes more money per hour. That's just kind of how it works. But on the side, he works at a grocery store. So the grocery store is his main source of income, and it's consistent. But then he scores these other jobs, you know, and, and makes more per hour doing those. So have you recognized the things that you spend your time doing have the ability to make more than, than the regular stuff. Like th there's, there's some really creative ways to think about that. So even if you're not saving right now, I wanna encourage you, start with something, please. Like I'm begging you, even if it's 20 bucks or 50 bucks, whether it's every week or every month, start with something. Take it and set it aside. Just simply start doing it and watch what happens. And that's incredible. And the fourth thing that we're gonna do is we're gonna be generous. Uh, so there is no doubt in scripture, it is so clear, Old Testament and new, that tithing is the, the standard that God gives to us where he says, I'm gonna give you 100% of these resources and I'm only asking for 10% back. And so it's a percentage, it's not a dollar amount, so it's equal across the board, regardless of what the income is. So it's that 10% where we give to God, but please understand, like this is worship, it's going, God, I love you, thank you so much. And, and so God wants us to be generous back towards him and he recognizes the attitude of our heart when we do that. So we're gonna be generous towards God. 
And then there also is this piece that is just near and dear to our heart as people and as a church where we wanna have the ability to also help those that are in need. Whether it's your neighbor or a ministry or somebody that hits bad times, a single mom. Um, and so I wanna share just a story and, and, and many of you probably have stories like this, whether you are on the receiving end or on the giving end, where uh, several years ago when I was a pastor up in Jacksonville, uh, we, we were doing some homeless ministry outreach and you know ministering to some transients and you know when you get involved in that type of ministry there definitely are are, are some addictions you know that that some of them have there's some some mental uh, aspects of that ministry but then there there are certain people where they just they they ran on rough times you know they they made some poor decisions or some things happened and and um so we, we were doing some ministry and I was, I was talking with this one guy and I got to know him a little bit. And it just, it, it was cool to just to hear his story. You know, they're people, they've got a story, they've got a history, they, they've got plans that, you know, and, and so when you talk to them and, and you find out really truly who they are and what's going on. And so I was talking to this guy and so I would give him food and money and I'll never forget, you know, in Florida, we get maybe one or two nights where it's freezing. Uh, so it just, it doesn't happen often. So this was one of the freezing nights, you know, I had dropped down to, I don't know, 35 or whatever. And, and so there was some frost and, you know, and I, I went out. And so for me, I, I recognize like I'm a little bit, <laughs> a little bit gutsy, crazy, whatever, but I kind of, I walked down the trail, you know, that, that's in the woods to, to where the tent camp is. And so I, I, you know, I had been down there a bunch and just sat and talked and hung out. So I go down there on that morning, you know, that really cold morning and, and I walk in and, and, I, and I see him there and I will never, ever forget because he's, he's lying on the ground and the, the only thing over him keeping him warm was a, a bed sheet. So on a freezing cold night, he was on the ground with barely any warmth and it, it gripped me, it wrecked me. And so I just sat there, you know, I, I had some cans of food and just a, another little friendly tip. If you buy the can of food, you gotta buy the pop top or get the can opener too. Like, so like the food thing, it just, it, like there's practical ways to go about this. So I'm there, I give him some cash, you know, some a warm coffee in the morning after a freezing cold night uh, and just, just sat, just chilled and, and it, incredible. Just, I will never, ever forget it. And I know some of you have stories like that. I've met you, we've talked, like you, you've shared your heart and how you've been generous. And I know one of the things Dave Ramsey said, he's kind of the Christian guru on money. He says that you can't be generous to someone in need if you yourself are in need of the charity of others. And so that is not a condemning statement. I'm not saying that to make you feel bad or guilty. I'm just saying, hey, maybe right now you're in a situation where it's hard, it's difficult and you're in a struggle and I get it, we've all been there. And so, but what we've talked about during this time is we've talked about a plan, some opportunities that you can implement to set the trajectory of what God has laid out for the biblical standards. So take that opportunity, take those steps, walk this out. So I wanna pray just a, a blessing over you. And I, I actually have been praying that this would be kind of like a, a prophetic speaking over you regarding finances. Because I know many of you, you have businesses and corporations. Some of you are in hard times. Some of you are doing great and you have opportunities and that's amazing. 
So I'm gonna do that. And then just FYI at the end, like I'll be over in the kids wing. I'll, I'll stand over there, I'll give you a tour. I'd love to do that. But if y'all could do me a favor, go ahead and stand up. And let me just kind of pray this over you that you might receive from God. Cause I, it, it, it might be supernatural what he's doing and it's gonna be neat to see it unfold. So uh, this, is a, this is a receiving type prayer where I believe that God is going to give to you. And so you're just gonna be the recipient. So Lord God, we come before you. And Father, first off, we, we wanna admit and acknowledge that you are our provider. Uh, Lord, every single resource comes from you. We have no doubt about that, Lord. There's been times in our life when we're going, we don't know how this is gonna work and you provided. Lord, you, you gave us wisdom, you gave us direction, you helped us, Father. Thank you so much uh, for that. And we just wanna acknowledge you as that. And Lord, I pray right now, Father, it says in your word that there were times during the harvest when the landowner would allow those that were in need uh, to, to glean from the edges and to glean from the over, overflow. And so, Lord God, I pray right now a, a supernatural financial blessing, Lord, a gleaning for us, Lord, those of us that are experiencing struggle and difficulty and, and not being able to make ends meet, Lord, would you bring that supernatural resource, that money that seems to come from somewhere, but we would know it's you, Lord, that miracle would take place and that we would be able to have resources when there seems to be none. And Father, I also wanna pray this exponential type growth and profit for, for business owners and, and for those of us that are working. And Lord, I, Lord, it's that overflowing, it's that over shake, shake down, press together, running over. Lord, it's from you, it's because of you. Lord, for your kingdom, by your kingdom, by your hand, by your grace, by your goodness, because of who you are as our provider and as our Lord. And so we honor you, we bless you for who you are. Lord, we want your kingdom to advance, your name to be proclaimed, that you would receive glory for all of this. Father, in Jesus' name we pray, amen.